For years, the American public has been victimized by the so-called cinematic geniuses, telling us time and again to see inferior movies, leaving us bitter and lost with no return. But no more! This travesty of justice cannot and will not continue, because we now have the Cinema Judge! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. We here at the Cinema Judge will take a few moments to inform you, the jury, more about our show. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, clearly, we are not journalists. We haven't gotten to any elite Ivy League school and paid thousands of dollars to have somebody else tell us what it takes to make a good movie. We're smarter than that, and so are you. Nor have we traveled the world and spoken to the old wise men and asked about the deep, hidden meanings behind Hollywood's visions. We here to Cinema Judge, we haven't done any of these things. But what we have done is watch a lot of movies. Some good, some not so good. And our goal here to Cinema Judge is to have one thing. That's an enjoyable movie experience. Now you might ask yourself, why listen to us? What are we all about? What is the Cinema Judge? Well, first of all, I've been doing this show now as a cable access show for 20 years now in Bloomington, Minnesota. And it's at blm.mn slash btv dash shows. If you want to watch this show without any of me talking, all it is is interviews, behind the scenes footage, the world premiere scenes. It's just one giant infomercial for a movie that we present that day. Again, that's at blm.mn slash btv dash shows. So what we do there is we just have one giant commercial in a sense. I don't usually you know, in, input my opinion too much or whatever. It's like, do I like it or if don't, don't I like it? You know, I might let you know. But basically, they give me the footage. They give me interviews. They give me on the set footage. All these things. I make it one cohesive show, infomercial, and I go, here's the evidence. I'm the judge. I give it to you, the jury. And if you like it, you see it. I don't care if you like it. And I know you don't care if I like it or don't like a movie. Any movie is somebody's favorite movie. So who cares what anybody else thinks? Here's the evidence. This is what it is all about. That's what I love about doing my show. I just give you the evidence and let you make up your own mind. We hear too many people out there, trolls on the internet, criticizing the actors or the directors or people who like a movie. Who cares if somebody likes it? That doesn't affect my life. These people went out there and made a movie. They did something. If you don't like it, don't see it. Who cares? And somebody isn't bad for not liking a movie or liking it. It's, I don't, it's not a big deal to me either way. So that's what we do here at the Cinema Judge. Present the evidence. You make up your own mind. Now today, we have a very unique movie. Kind of controversial in some aspects. Well, I mean, very controversial of what happened and what these women had to do to overcome it all. is just amazing. This movie is called Bombshell. The plot summary is a group of women take on Fox News head Roger Ailes in the toxic atmosphere he presided over at the network. Now, this movie has to cover a lot of information and tackles some serious issues. 
Even to this day, people like Gretchen Carlson, they have an NDA and they can't even talk about it. Even though this guy did unthinkable things, ruined people's lives, made life a living hell for these women. But no, he signed an NDA, so you can't talk about it. But it's, you know, that's what this movie is. It's it's a powerful story about Gretchen Carlson and Megyn Kelly. This is an unbelievably complex movie to talk about. And I can't imagine these women trying to make this movie. Because then I'm sure they feel pressure from the studio heads. And everywhere else, trying to make this movie must be very stressful and very, very risky. This movie stars Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly, Nicole Kidman as Gretchen Carlson, and it also has Margot Robbie, Allison Janney, Malcolm McDowell, Kate McKinnon, it just goes on and on, Connie Britton, and of course, the one, the only, the great John Lithgow, who plays Roger Ailes. And for an actor, I am sure it must be such a juicy role to play, a filthy, disgusting, vile character to play, but those are often the funnest. Every time you hear an actor talking about a role, they love playing the bad guy, the villain, and playing such a real-life pig. It must be hard to do that on set. When you're looking at these women, saying these things, behaving in this way, this must be somewhere in the back of your head. You must be like, ooh, this is wrong. But how he could pull it off is just incredible to play such a pig. Thumbs up to you for being such a great actor to pull that off. Coming up first, we have the writer of this film, Charles Randolph, talking about what inspired him in the whole concept of this movie. So here's the writer. Megan Kelly, who has dealt with harassment in the past, successfully moved past it and has achieved great things and now is being asked to go back and help other women, even though she's in of the attitude of, of wait a minute, I, I took care of my business, you know? That's interesting. So that conflict interests me a lot. Gretchen's conflict interests me a lot, which is someone who basically knows that by suing, she's essentially condemning everyone to believe that this is some form of sour grapes, this is some form of an attempt to redeem a failed career, yet still has the courage to do so, still has the drive to do so. That story interests me a lot. When, when it's, 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 you know, someone's motivations are complicated by how they will be perceived. And then Kayla's motivation, we, the story we never hear is the story of the woman who says yes, right? Uh, and I necessarily couldn't put that uh, on a real person. I had to make that character up. I knew that from the beginning. Uh, and what that means, what it means, how it feels, how, how everything that you achieve after that is tainted. Coming up next, we have Nicole Kidman, who plays the real-life character Gretchen Carlson. And this is her talking about why she felt it was important to make this film now and what really motivated her? I think it was more the, um, what it was about, you know, the sense of um, marking a moment in time, in history, really, because that's what it is. When you look back at it, it'll be a moment in history that, um, that sort of was hopefully the catalyst for enormous um, change. And the storytelling was so strong. Um, and that it was told from the female point of view of um, and and I think you know the way it's entertaining but it's still very very hard-hitting that was really appealing coming up next we have the director of bombshell Jay Roach talking about a conversation he had with Nicole Kidman about the character and a little bit about the movie when I started talking to Nicole about this 
she recognized a flaw in the script, which was based on the fact that we really couldn't learn much about Gretchen Carlson's story because she wasn't allowed to talk about it. And she, her thing, she's like, I don't need more screen time, but I think you're going to be worrying after you see your movie that you don't have enough to m help us connect with Gretchen Carlson. And she just had very specific suggestions about uh, connecting to Gretchen as a mother, for example. There should be some scenes where there, she, we see that she's a mom and that she has a, a, you know, a family to support and that she cares about that. And so we wrote some scenes. And she also suggested that um, you know, we should probably connect with how hard it was to be alone and wondering what Megan Kelly. So we shot a scene late in the process that she was so right about. She just had great story instincts, right? She just knew what the story needed to help that character land in the movie. Coming up next, we have a little bit more from Nicole Kidman, who plays Gretchen Carlson, a little bit more about a character in the movie. So here is Nicole Kidman. You have woven in these other these other stories, and then you have the Kayla character, who's obviously a fictionalized character, um, and you really, I think, viscerally feel um, through both Megan and through Kayla the abuse. I think with Gretchen, you're seeing you don't get to see her um, actually in the room with ours and what's going on as much. So therefore, you see her um, when she's what she's up against and what she's trying to um, change and what she's trying to, um, what she considers is her right. And that's um, powerful, I hope. Coming up next, we have a scene from the movie Bombshell. In this scene, we have Nicole Kidman, who plays Gretchen Carlson, talking talking to two lawyers a little bit more about who she could sue and how, how she's going to do it. It's really fascinating to see how these people, you know, are able to work within the system and not be controlled by it. So here's a scene from Bombshell. No one really wins by suing Fox News. It's been our experience that once you go public in your job, no one will hire you. If you're able to stick it out at Fox, gather more evidence. You might be able to sue Ailes himself instead of Fox. And that is why I'm here, because Marty Hyman told me that over here in New Jersey, I can avoid arbitration by suing Roger personally. He says that you've managed to change the law and that we could call other women and show a pattern. Will other women come forward? Yes, they will. You live and work in New York. Roger has a house in Burden County where he stays when he can't make it upstate. <laughs> you do your homework, Miss Carlson. No fingerprints. <laughs> That's how much I practiced the violin as a child. If Roger finds out you came to us, he won't just fire you. Mm. He will bang us with a million-dollar lawsuit. He will attack you personally. These men, they care more about their reputations than they do money. Roger won't stop. Oh, I know. You know that. Mm -hmm. Colleagues you admire will say publicly you're a superior, ambitious woman who's suing because her career stalled. Let him. That was a scene from Bombshell. Coming up next, we have an interview with Charlize Theron, who plays Megan Kelly, talks about how she got the script, how it was presented to her. I just love these kind of stories. For whatever reason, it's always fun to hear how it all came about. So here she is talking about how she got the script for Bombshell. So I was sent the script uh, through my company, Denver and Delilah. They were uh, really hoping we would produce it and that, that maybe I should consider playing Megyn Kelly. The first part to that was really a, a no-brainer for us. I mean, it was just instantly 
um, we just knew that the script written by Charles Randolph was spectacular. We, we were expecting something good, something great, and we, the script just so surpassed that. It's really just a well-written script, very timely, the subject matter, so, and, and just a great opportunity for a lot of talented women to come together and tell an important story. So all of those things were really exciting. And then, you know, I had to finally, like, <laughs> sit down with myself and, and think how could I even wrap my head around, you know, playing this woman that's incredibly well-known, has a very specific sound to her, look to her. She's controversial. She, um, she's complex. That was Charlize Theron talking about how she got the script and what made her want to get involved. Up next, we have director Jay Roach talking about Charlize Theron. Charlize is so passionate and so strong and so, uh, she's, all, she's, she's got all the craft she needs, but she doesn't think about craft. She's just thinking about truth. You know, she just comes at it with, but it's, it's passionate, you know, and she also admitted in the, in one of the, the Q and A's that with Megyn Kelly, although she disagreed with a lot of things she says, she started realizing I have a lot in common with her. I'm ambitious, I'm, I'm strong, I'm accused sometimes of having sharp elbows and being too, you know, too combative. But she said, what I love about playing this character is that I want to highlight the fact that if that was a man, no one would say, this is a problem person. They would say, oh, look how, look at that dude, he's impressive. That's what, that's what drew her to the character because she saw that, that, that uh, she had in common that, that kind of prejudice. She faced that kind of prejudice much the same way she imagined that Megyn Kelly would. She just had an in intuition about how to play her. She also had such a devotion to, uh, con to getting the audience to connect with who she really was, that the look match was important to her, the accent match was important to her. She was willing to give up many, many, many hours of sleep to get there hours before we were scheduled to shoot every day and put on all that, the, the prosthetics. I mean, she was willing to put herself through a pretty amazing ordeal to transform. I was worried about that. I, I, I said to her, Charlize, you don't really need to do anything. You, you can evoke her just with pure performance because um, there's enough of a physical match, people aren't really going to be thinking about the differences. And she said, I need to see myself in the mirror and not recognize myself so that when I have this voice coming out of this uh, of face, it's not my face. It's, a, it's Megan Kelly's face. That was director Jay Roach talking about Charlize Theron. Up next, we have Charlize Theron talking about the, direct, about the director, Jay Roach. Jay Roach, our filmmaker who ended up directing this and also our producer, he was really the one that kind of like, he gave me that extra little push just over the end line. Um, I trust him immensely. He's a friend of mine. I think he has incredible creative taste. Um, I love his work. Um, but I think more than anything, I felt incredibly safe with him. And I felt like if he w was at the helm of this, that I would, I would push myself in a way where it was maybe more risky, but with him, I would, I would feel safe to do that. That was Charlize Theron talking about the director of the film, Bombshell, Jay Roach. Up next, we have a scene with Charlize Theron 
from the movie Bombshell. Kennedy tweeted, I talked to hundreds of women at Fox this week, both on air and off. They say it all BS. Brit Hume, too. Brit? Why didn't Gretchen quit and sue instead of suing only after she got fired? Why didn't she complain? Why didn't she complain? Really? He means the anonymous hotline. There's a hotline? Yeah. I did the harassment seminar twice. I never heard about a hotline. Because it's bull****. They have a contractual right to monitor our communications. A hotline in this building is like a complaint box in occupied Paris. It's like we're telling women, go on, speak up for yourself. Just know the entire network is with Roger. No one will believe you. They'll call you a liar. Oh, and as for your career, you want assignments and airtime? Go ahead, call the paranoid man who decides your salary a pervert and do that on a anonymous hotline he controls. On a phone, he has a contractual right to record. Jesus Christ, do you think women are idiots? It's like somebody stripped you naked and they want you to walk through this office. Just prove it. Okay. Can I see you for a minute? I don't know, but I liked it. Coming up next, we have Charlize Theron, who plays Megyn Kelly, talking a little bit more about voices being heard, about these movies being made, and how hopefully the culture of all this sick behavior, you know, hopefully now will eventually change. So here is Charlize Theron. Today, I think we look at these stories and we see how universal they are because we're hearing more about them. And the conversation is, it's in the news. People are talking about it. And how nice to go back to the, the people who actually catapulted us into this, because really this was the first of its, of its kind. It was a, a year and maybe a half later, it was Harvey Weinstein. So this was, a very, this was the precipice of it, and it was a really important moment. And to have all of this noise around it is really great. You know, it's, it's undeniable. It's a story that people cannot ignore anymore. And then... How do you do that in a way where you can go and watch it in a theater and enjoy yourself? Be, be devastated, be angry, be mad, but also laugh at the, the absurdity that this is even happening. Coming up next, we have Margot Robbie. Now, she as an actress has grown, has just made phenomenal work from when she first came out. Who would have ever thought from where she started to where she is now? But that's what's great about this new society, the new way of more people having voices and being able to make films and have input. This is what happens when they could really stretch their legs. So here is Margot Robbie talking a little bit about the movie. When I first got the script, I, I think it struck me on a very, obviously a very deep level, but a very deeply moral level. And I felt a certain um, urge to be a part of that conversation, a conversation about sexual harassment in the workplace, but having that conversation with all its complexities, I think up until reading this script, I guess I'd been so encouraged that the revolution was getting up on its feet, you know, that that I don't feel we've had the chance to really explore it and explore the, the murky grey areas where it's... And, and this story really isn't... It's not... A story of victimization it's it's just so much more complicated than that and I was um, you know when I read the script I was really struck by how Charles Randolph the the writer really did approach the conversation with all of its complexities and with incredibly complex characters characters who 
yeah, they, uh, they feel very conflicted to me, and I'm always attracted to characters with a really strong inner conflict. That was Margot Robbie talking about how she felt when she got the script and what she did with it. Up next, we have the director of Bombshell, Jay Roach, talking about Margot Robbie. Margot's approach is a little different to the other two leads. She's very analytical. So, like, I was surprised how many questions she had. She, Our first meeting, she sat down. She had color-coded every scene, had very carefully, uh, you know, handwritten notes in every, on every line. What's this mean? Why am I doing this? And they were, like, excellent questions. I brought Charles in. We, we were like, this is so helpful. It made us try to understand. We made some changes based on her really good questions. But it was... It was a kind of preparation that was so nerdy that I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't expect that from her. I don't, you know, the kinds of characters she plays, it just, she doesn't come across as a nerd. Full-on script nerd, a character analysis nerd, you know, um, and methodical about it, in prep. When she gets on the set, she's got so much preparation and so many of her questions answered and so many... Uh, very, she told me last night she had a whole future for Kayla in mind that she had mapped out about her, her sexuality, her career into her 60s. I mean, that's nerdy. That's just, that's just nerdy. And I admired it so much. That was director Jay Roach talking about Margot Robbie. Coming up next, we have Margot Robbie talking a little bit more about her character. Kayla Pospisil is a fictional character. Um, that's who I play. Uh, she left her local gig working, uh, you know, on the Weather Channel in Orlando to move to New York City, work at Fox News. She, at the beginning of the film, is a low-level associate producer working for Gretchen Carlson, is then um, transitioning to working for Bill O'Reilly, where she works alongside fellow associate producer Jess Carr, played by Kate McKinnon, who I get to do a lot of my stuff with. Um, so, yeah, she she's a young... Uh, she's a millennial, uh, an evangelical millennial, um, which which was great. I really liked, I loved that about her, and and I think it was quite special to read a Christian character who isn't being made fun of, a young one. I, I feel like they're not really represented in pop culture. Evangelical millennials aren't really represented in pop culture in in a authentic way. I feel I, I feel like it's if they're ever a part of a project, it's for comic relief. They're playing, you know, super naive or super eager. They're kind of mocking them. And, um, you know, that wasn't Charles's approach with Kayla. Coming up next, we have Kate McKinnon, who plays Jess Carr. Now, I really love Kate McKinnon. She could play anything from drama to comedy. Her skills are just vast. And everything she's in, I just like watching her perform. She's so into it. I just truly love her as an actress. So here she is talking about the character that Margot Robbie plays. Kayla comes to town, was played by Margot Robbie. Heard of her? And she um, is new at the show and um, just sort of takes her under her wing, tells her, gives her the lay of the land of what she needs to know about working at that particular show and about the ethos of um, Fox in general as she sees it. And um, they develop a friendship um, and that I think is based on uh, humor. 
which is so refreshing for what, how heavy the subject matter is. There's a lot of humor in the script, not just in their relationship, but in everyone's got, um, there's humor peppered throughout every scene, and which is one of my favorite things about it. Coming up next, we have a scene with Kate McKinnon and Margot Robbie. So here is a scene from Bombshell. Oh my gosh. I can't get fired. This is the only job I have ever wanted. I don't want to be on TV. I want to be on Fox. Uh-huh. My family, every day, every holiday, like especially holidays, we watch Fox News. We're like addicts. Fox is how we do church. You know when they made the corner logo turn? Because folks had Fox burned into their TV screens? That's us. Kayla, you're not getting fired. He cannot scale his anger. He's a perpetual outrage machine. That's why crazies love him. No offense to your family. You want to do the folders? No crying at Fox. No crying. Coming up next, we have director Jay Roach. He discusses what he hopes people take from this film. One of the things I, I do think I hope happens is that men talk about this more, that somehow um, it encourages men to stand up for women. I think women have begun to encourage each other to stand up for each other. It hasn't gotten all that much better, and we can't pretend like this movie is part of a reflection of some solution that closes the door on future you know, improvement. For women who don't have a lot of power, uh, and, and you know, a few of these women, uh, Margot's character didn't have that much power, but, but Gretchen and Megan's characters, they have money, they have got good lawyers, they got, you know, given how horrible their, their experiences were, they got somewhat, some sense of justice by the end. Most women get nothing uh, like that. They, if they come forward, they can lose their jobs, they can be blacklisted, they can, that happens to this day, you know, much more often than the kind of success, if you will, of bringing, bringing a guy down that we portray. Coming up next, we have Nicole Kidman sharing her thoughts on director Jay Roach and writer Charles Randolph. Having those two at the helm does, um, there's sort of, there's that, that's what they do. I mean, they're very um, committed politically to their, to, to what they believe, and they're, but they're able to um, entertain at the same time. And Jay's obviously done that time and time again. Charles did it with the big short. Um, and Jay um, has, you know, that's really his, his purpose and his passion, I think, in terms of filmmaking, is his, um, his desire for justice. We hope you enjoyed our very in-depth look at Bombshell. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, please feel free to email me at cinemajudge at hotmail.com. Whether it's good or bad, I don't care. I have loved all the feedback from people from all over the world, really, from Australia, Germany, United Kingdom, Canada, France, South Korea. I mean, amazing. I can't believe you know, Brazil, India, even Italy. I am very honored that people take the time out of their busy lives to listen to the show and, you know, give me feedback. I can't even begin to tell you how much that means to me. And, you know, even people just around the United States and, you know, you know North, North, you know, North Vancouver, even from Canada, you know, Perth, Australia, unbelievable, New Mexico. I am just tickled, and, you know, California, New York. Anyway, so again, email me cinemajudge at hotmail.com. I truly enjoy your feedback and I really want to give a special thank you to the woman at Target for talking movies with me every time I go there and shop. 
You are awesome. Thanks very much for talking movies with me. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge.